the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 343 for Monday, July 25th, 2011. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, the show where you ask the questions, we provide some answers, we provide some tips, and together we learn something new about the Mac and Apple stuff. Here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in, yeah, it's, it's still Fairfield, Connecticut. Is it? All right. John F. Braun. Though, well, they're, they're changing things, though. Are you not going to live in Connecticut anymore, John? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, okay. no, I'll stay here. No, what they're changing, though, so it's good news, bad news. So, uh... You know, I've been where I've been at for, uh, I think, about 10 years or so. But um, they're finally redoing the roads in my area. Because I'm on, I'm on a pretty busy road. And they're, uh, so the bad news is that, you know, they, they like to get started real early, like 7 a.m. with the jackhammers and the backhoes. And, uh, and all I don't hear stuff. them but now, the, though. No, no. They, they, well, you know, I told them, you know, hey, you know, Mondays and, and Thursdays at this time, you guys, you got to can it. You got to cool it. Good. Well, I'm glad that they've uh, the town of Fairfield has their priorities straight, and we send our thanks out to you. We we appreciate that. It's, uh, it's very helpful. Now it's about time. So they're going to redo the sidewalks where they needed, and the curbs and the road. And um, you know, I've been doing doing some work on the house. So, uh, all right. But anyway, so uh, so you, who I, I remember you, Dave. You, Hi, John. You're, you're this guy that that I haven't haven't talked to for uh, yeah for for, a, for for a week, a week or and so. three days. Um, and and I'm glad you left. You know why? Yeah, I do know why. Because, because I, I promised you. we knew you. what would happen when That's you right. leave. Lion would be released. And, and I can tell you when my vacation is in the fall so that we can all plan for that mid to late November uh, iOS 5 release. Although I, I think that actually might come sooner. But that's, uh, but that's what my trip's planned for. So there'll be Good. something then. Great timing. Yeah. Uh, but Lion did come out, right? And Yes, sir. We talked a lot about it, uh, about how to prep for it in our uh, in our show just prior to me going away and of course prior to line coming out and now that it's here uh there's a whole lot more not only are there a lot of tips that we're finding there's a lot of tips that you're finding and of course a couple of little questions or quirks that uh, now are coming in now that everyone has lion um so you know let's um i'm actually going to go right off the uh the the map here john but oh. Wait, we, off the we, map, you mean off the agenda? Off the agenda. Well, we're going to move around oh. on the agenda. So because Lion just came out and because a lot of people are installing it, there, there was one tip, uh, a question that we had that then turned into a tip from listener David, who uh, wanted to know if it was possible to install Lion on a blank drive. Uh, <sighs> because, you know, th- there's no app store on there to download from to install. And, and so we talked about... Uh, about some of this stuff, but w- the question was, was it possible to install lion on a completely blank drive straight? Or do you need to go to snow leopard first? And, uh, so what David says is he created a flash drive with lion on it, just like we talked about in the last show. Uh, and we can put a link in the show notes to the instructions on how to, how to create that flash live. Once you have what flash drive, once you have the line installer, but he said, uh, I booted from the flash drive and ran disk utility to format my disk. 
Uh, then I installed Lion. It took about 20 minutes to an SSD drive from my flash drive. And then I used Migration Assistant to bring back my settings uh, and nothing else from my clone that I made prior to doing the uh, the install. So uh, the answer is yes. It, it totally installs fine on a blank drive with the installer that you would get from the App Store. Great. And, you know, that that leads into, um, so I'll tell you a little story very shortly. Okay, but, yeah. But, but so what I did was very similar, is that, so I downloaded it from the uh, the App Store, and I guess uh, if you're part of the developer program, so this kind of surprised me. I, I thought something was wrong, but apparently if you're part of the developer program, which I am, I believe you are, Dave. Yep. Then instead of, when when you bring it up in the App Store, instead of seeing twenty nine ninety nine, you'll see install, which I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's a... You know, kind of a bonus of being a part of the developer program is you get the uh, release version. Um, well, it's not free, but it's uh, I guess it's included right. in the price. Um, so downloaded it, got the thing called a Lion installer, install Lion in my application folder, and then did what we've seen elsewhere. So, so there are two things you could do. I did the DVD route. Okay. So I dug into the package, you know, found the uh, uh, install esd.dmg, I think it's called, and burned that to a DVD. Took a little while, you know, checked the DVD. It showed up in, in startup. You and I talked about this. I think I had a problem. I think DP4 had a problem where it wouldn't let you at least make a DVD, but this worked fine. So once I had the DVD, the next thing I did was run a time machine backup. So I would have both a DVD and a backup of the app because oh, yeah, as, sure. as, as people may or may not know. And if you don't know, as soon as you run the installer on a machine, it deletes itself. So you want to do any of what we just described or time machine backup or a flash drive or a DVD or, or, or the simplest thing is yes. just go into your applications folder. This is again, after you've downloaded before you've installed, right. go into your applications folder, find the install Mac OS 10 or install OS 10 lion, uh, app mm. that's there it's about three almost four gigs and right. uh just copy it to another drive somewhere uh, ah. i copied it to my drobo <laughs> my drobo but if you have you know even just an external or another internal drive uh, it's only going to delete it from the applications folder of the disk that you're installing it from so uh you, you can put okay. it somewhere else and then and then it and okay. then you're good to go yeah so what I heard from people is that even though, as you mentioned, it's three point something, it, 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 you know, it, it's getting close to four gigs. Yes. If you're going to put it on media, it, uh, I, I don't believe media that is four gigs will be sufficient. No, once formatted, it's I, I think it's about 100 megabytes shy. It's not it's not much, but you've got to get an eight gig flash drive, uh, which I just I just ordered one today from Amazon for uh I don't know. It was like 10 bucks. I mean, these things are cheap, so it's not a big deal. But okay. if you haven't saved that file, Don McAllister posted a great little tip um, about how to go and get it again. So once you have the install, once you have Lion <sighs> installed, uh, you can't re-download that. You know, if you go into the app store and go to Lion in your purchases purchased section, uh, it'll say installed. It won't say download. However, uh, there is a way of doing this. And you, if you go into the app store, uh, go into the purchased section, find the entry for lion and it'll show as installed. If you hold down the option key and click on the OS 10 lion label, like the name next to the iPod icon, uh, when the, when the page opened, when the page opens, it changes it to uh, be able to install from there. So you can click the install button. It'll say that it's okay. Uh, it'll say that it's uh, a newer version is already installed. 
uh, you have to hold on the option key and hit OK and then option and click install again. And then it'll start downloading from there. You can then go and take it off. But yeah, you've got to jump through quite a few hoops and we'll put a link to Don's article there, too. But it's basically hold down the option key and just start plowing your way through this process. And uh, and it will let you redownload the installer, which is handy if you need to put it on another Mac uh, or, or you know, or wipe your wipe your Mac out. So. So, yes, the first thing I have to mention And I would say that my Twitter followers were split about 50-50 on this one feature that you can't help but notice once you start using Lion. And that is is the, I'm going to say, so-called natural scrolling. Sure. So I'm just going to spit it out. System preferences, trackpad, scroll and zoom, scroll direction, and there's a natural box. You can check it or uncheck it. Again, people were split about 50-50. Some people like me, you know, some people say, give it a chance. It's natural. It's Apple's direction. And, and that's the right way to do it. And a lot of other people like me have it burned into, some people call it muscle memory, just kind of have it burned into their brain that when you're on a computer, you do it one way. And when you're on an iDevice, you do it another way. So right. I'm not going to, again, I think people are kind of split as to whether, which is correct or incorrect, but you know, kudos to Apple for giving the chance to change this. Uh, and there are a few other, uh, as we, as we start talking about this, there are a few other things that they changed that didn't drive me, uh, th- that I didn't like and, and will offer ways to, to revert to the way that it used to work. So I, I'm doing something completely un, uh, unadvisable. I have many machines in front of me here today, including my MacBook pro, which I don't usually bring up when we podcast, but I did today because uh, you just said you just gave the instructions for changing natural scrolling, scrolling with the trackpad. Um, I plugged my, I took the mouse off the iMac that we're podcasting on at the very, at this very moment and plugged it into the uh, MacBook pro so that I could give the instructions for doing it with a mouse that has a scroll wheel. And right. because it's, it's different, you know, you, you said go into system preferences trackpad, which is right for the trackpad, but go into system preferences mouse and there will be a checkbox there that says move content in the direction of finger movement when scrolling or navigating. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that's the one that when checked moves things in, in what Apple would call the natural or new direction. And uh, unchecking that does exactly what you just talked about for the trackpad, John. So it goes back to the old way. And with a little luck. Yeah, I have my mouse. So we're all good. All right. Yeah. Um. One other thing that Lion adds is the ability to automatically reopen all the windows or um, uh, apps that you have when, uh, you know, when you're rebooting either the apps or, or just even when you quit an app and relaunch it, it's going to reopen all the windows or at least attempt to reopen all the windows that are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark wrote in and said, if you hold down the shift key, when you launch an app, it will not reopen all the previous windows, which is really handy, especially in a troubleshooting or, or a problem situation. And you found some more about this, right, John? Yes, it is our friend, the option key. So did I say option? No shit. Oh, 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 you found out more. Okay. So I found out more. So yes. So so you're correct. When you're launching, you hold down shift and that will open it fresh. If when you quit the app, you would like to not save the window. So this is the other way to do it. You hold down option and then you'll see in the file menu quit changes to quit and discard windows. So 
Actually, that's not the file menu. That's the application. Oh, the application. I'm following along. That's why. So good. Good. So there's not one, not two. I'm going to give you a third way, Dave. Okay, go. Can you believe it? (laughs) I can. (laughs) Okay. System preferences. General. There is a checkbox. Restore windows when quitting and reopening apps. Oh, really? Yes, sir. That's a, I think I, I saw that on Twitter somewhere. Twitter was just a wealth of information on all sorts of goodies here. Um, now that, of course, is system level. You may not, I, I prefer to be able to do it. I mean, that's a feature I think I like. I like being able to sure. come back where, where I've been before. So, so I, I, I'm not going to disable it on a system-wide basis. But as you pointed out, especially for troubleshooting. Yeah. Or for um, Safari, right? Because a lot of times the reason I want to quit Safari is just to clear out all the RAM that's mm-hmm. being used from all the web pages I've opened. And if I've got a bunch of pages that I'm ready to lose, I'll want to do that with Safari, right? If I do the option quit thing, then I can come back in without it trying to reopen every single page I was visiting when I quit. Yep. Yeah. So now next we have the, 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 the mysterious, the, the mystery of the hidden folder. That's right. So we talked about this, about how to find different ways of finding your, uh, your library folder. And I was talking about this in a staff meeting at TMO on Friday after we recorded the show. And John Martellaro said, well, the other thing you can do is if you go to the go menu and the option key again, uh, In fact, it's cool if you hold down the go menu or just leave it open. Uh, When you hit and release the option key, a new item appears and disappears. And that is library. So you can just choose go and then put down the option key and library will be an option there. So very handy stuff. Uh, You know, there's there have been a couple of articles at TMO, both uh, John Martellaro and uh, and Ted Landau have written things. And one of the uh, John had a pretty popular one. I guess he put up just on Friday. So uh, he's got a couple of interesting things. One is, is restore mode is, uh, is something that's worth talking about when you, and I think we've talked about this before, but when lion is installed, it actually puts itself onto a secret hidden partition that it creates so that you don't need to boot from a flash drive or a DVD that you go through these other channels to make in order to do troubleshooting. Um, and so if you hold down the option key, when you restart your Mac, uh, it shows you all the discs that you can boot from. And one of those discs is this magic new partition. And sure enough, it, uh, it, it, you know, it comes up and lets you uh, run disk utility or reinstall or restore from a time machine backup. So really handy. You, now you won't see this disk partition when you run disk utility normally. But if you run I it, but if like you run it from the the partition, then you'll see it. But but uh, but yeah, it does not. There is no easy way uh, to remove this partition with disk utility uh, on your Mac, which is I don't know, probably a good thing. I, I was surprised I couldn't see it to me. Yeah. Well, your computer you know, lying to you. And that, and I, I get that. That's not, well, the utility is lying that's because I mean. it is yeah. a partition. Now, I guess it's a special type or it's marked invisible or whatever, but you will, uh, but disk utility will not tell you the entire truth because it will not show you that partition. So, so I don't know if I'm that crazy about that. Hmm. Right. But having it there. And I, I think they've done this in the past. I, I believe some machines also had the, uh, uh, Apple hardware test on a, on yeah. a partition. That's as right. Well, and I don't think that showed up either, or it That's showed right. up when you held down a certain key. Right. D. Right. Uh, yeah. D 
was the one from when you were booting from the CD. If you just booted from the CD, it would run a normal installer and then D would run the, uh, the hardware diagnostics still will. Yeah. Um, yeah. So another thing when, when you're copying, you'll just notice this. If you're copying over on top of a file that already exists with the same name, it used to Mm -hmm. be stop or replace. Now you get the option of copying as a copy and keeping both files, which is cool. I like that. That's good stuff. Well, one thing I noticed that they may have had third party products that did this. You may notice this. If you, if you grab a group of files and copy them, it'll show you in a little circle, how many files you've grabbed. Right. Yeah. These, these little touches, which, uh, yeah, yeah. It just occurred to me, you know, that's not a bad idea. If I have in mind, I, Oh, I got to drag, you know, those 12 monthly reports over and you, right. I want to miss one. Right. uh, all right, so uh, a couple others from our from our esteemed Mr. Martellero. Uh One is if you have a group of folders, uh, files or folders selected in the Finder, you can right click on those or Control click if you don't have a right click, and uh, choose New Folder with Selection. So it'll take all those things and put them into a folder for you, which can be really really handy. Uh, and that's that's not one of those things I certainly didn't know know about it until I saw John's article, which is why we put these things up uh a couple another one from him is time machine now supports encrypted backups which is very important when you combine that with the whole concept of um file vault and doing full disk encryption you want your backups to be encrypted otherwise there's no point right john well yeah if someone takes your backup then no (laughs) right well right yeah exactly uh and then this is something I always have done on my, especially my portable Macs, but I've always had to use, you know, that secrets pref pane or whatever to, to do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can change or put text onto the login screen, which is really handy. Uh-huh. If you have a Mac that you travel with, you know, in the event that it's lost, you might want it to say something and put a phone number or whatever up there. And I've always done that. Uh, but, uh, but you can go to uh, system preferences you go to security and privacy, and in the general tab, there is a um, a, a little checkbox that says, uh, oh, where is it here? I'm trying to find it. Show a message when the screen is locked, and that will also show it on the login tab. Very, very handy stuff. I don't know if you've played with that, John. Um, I noticed something else in that. I'm waiting for it to come up here. All right. Ah, here we go. Yeah, so security and privacy in the privacy tab. Yes. Um, we haven't seen a lot of this in Mac OS X, but um, enable location services. Uh-huh. Now, of course, this is something that you see on, especially iDevices with uh, GPS, because that's what GPS does. To a lesser extent, Wi-Fi can provide, you know, very rough uh, location services. Uh, yeah, yeah, depending on how you do it. I mean, at my house, I've put my two routers here at the house into um, uh, Skyhook's database with my GPS coordinates so that uh, it, it helps all my devices find GPS immediately when I'm here at the house. It's great. Yeah. So it's nice they do it on the Mac. I mean, I've already seen it. I think uh, even in Snow Leopard, if you went to time and date, you could say, okay, set, set my time zone based on where you think I am. And it's right. usually, yeah, as you pointed out, using Skyhook on the uh with the wi-fi it'll you know it's usually pretty accurate um but but this is you know mirroring- and we'll put that we'll put that link you can go to a part on skyhook's webpage and submit it oh and, and so right. we'll put that link in the show notes it's good stuff yeah 
All right. So that, that's another thing I saw in the security and privacy. Everything else I think is pretty, uh, yeah, the firewall and then the other stuff I think is, is uh, not a lot is, uh, not a lot has changed. But you know, I did dig. Now this, this is weird, Dave. So I, I like digging around in, uh, core services. Okay. So take a wee little tangent here because I want to tell you something about what I found in core services. So the one thing I did notice, uh, and where is core services, you ask? I'm going to find that now. Let me see. Uh, System, in, yeah. library, core services. And th- these are things, um, some of them are meant to be run by the users. Some you don't want to touch. But I did notice a file that I didn't see on my Snow Leopard machine called adaptivefirewall.bundle. Huh. And I don't know what that does. But... Um, I'll, I'll figure it out someday. Now, the thing I did notice is as I was going through core services, I found a neat little tool, Dave. And uh, I, I didn't see a lot of reports about it. I think people have found it before, but it's called Wi-Fi Diagnostics. Where's this? In core services. Oh, really? And when you start it up, it gives you four options. Monitor performance, record events, get ready for this next one, capture raw frames, Whoa. And turn on debug logs. And I actually captured some raw frames. So I put it in that mode. And then when I was done, it created, uh, for any of you that have run something like Wireshark, it created a PCAP file, which I think is packet capture data. And it displayed it in Wireshark. So I was like, whoa, this is cool. Now, I don't know what invokes it, but other than starting it manually. Yeah. Wow. But it's very neat. So I found that, that that certainly was not in, uh, in Snow Leopard. And is this on a machine that had a developer release installed or is this? No. Okay. Though, though, you know, in that vein, I did find another thing, which is part of developer tools. And where is that? Okay. So here's the one. All right. So that one, yeah, is part of the OS as far as I know, because everybody, uh, when I tweeted it, everybody said, Hey, look at that. I found it too. Then I posted a picture of something else. And this one's, this one is uh, part of Xcode. Now, oddly enough, it puts it in the utilities folder, which to me is, is kind of wrong. You know, it should be in the Xcode folder, right. Or developer folder. Right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why I put it in the utilities folder, but it's a pref pane called link condi- network link conditioner. And as far as I can tell, what this does is something similar. I think it may be actually at a lower level invoking IPFW. I think what it's doing is that it's simulating. So if you go into utilities, uh-huh. network link conditioner, you double click on this pref pane, it'll say, hey, you want to install this? And you're like, yeah, sure. And then the pref pane will show you different network profiles, 3G, Wi-Fi, uh, reliable, high speed, uh, if you're looking at it now. No, I'm not quite sure what not, it does. I don't have, yeah. I don't have developer tools right. installed on this machine. So. Oh, okay. I'm not quite sure what it does, but it was a neat find. So there were two neat network finds. That one is questionable use, but the Wi-Fi diagnostics definitely already does something cool in that it captures uh, packet data. Well, and, and, you know, the ability to monitor performance, what's handy about this is you get a running graph going, something you previously could only get in terms of an Apple utility from the airport utility, and that was only for your base station. But where this gets really handy is you've got this, chart that's updated every second and you can move your computer around your house and see how your connection gets better or worse depending on where you are right okay i hadn't tried all the options yet i was just so excited at finding it and yeah i did the packet capture first so okay. that that could really give you a, an idea as to okay you know when is where should i place my base station so that i have good coverage all around the house and you could do this with any base station in fact i'm connecting now on my macbook pro to a linksys base, base station and of course it 
gives me all the right data because it's just Wi-Fi. It's it's not Apple specific. So that's pretty cool, man. That's uh, that's a nice find, John F. Braun. Hey, <laughs> uh, it's what right. I do. Yeah, I know. Our first sponsor for this show is Audio Engine at AudioEngineUSA.com. And you can check out uh, they, they make all sorts of speakers and, of course, other audio uh, related things. But what I want to talk about today is their A2s or audio engine twos, which are what they call their desktop speakers. These are, it's two speakers, uh, one, uh, you know, one for left, one for right. They're six inches tall, four inches wide and about uh, five and a quarter inches deep. So little tidy things that fit on your desktop, but they, they're substantial and they have substantial sound. Each enclosure has two speakers in it. And it's got a little bass port and uh, the left one has uh, an amplifier. And so you run your computer into the left one. You plug the left, of course, into a power outlet and then you run uh, a cable from the left to the right to run the amplifier that way. And it just plugs into your regular headphone jack. So it is Lion compatible. Of course, it's also Windows compatible and iPod compatible and uh, Airport Express compatible. It's just a normal headphone port. So anything, even your Zoom would uh, would play stuff through these. And they sound fantastic. <laughs> uh, they're awesome. No, they really uh, they no, um, Zoom. I said Zoom. I know, but it'll work. It will. You know, these are these are platform agnostic and uh, they just make it sound good no matter what it is. And the sound is really full. I have these. These are the ones that I use most of the time in the house and kind of our living room or our study slash kitchen area. And uh, and they're plenty loud and plenty full and plenty round. So I, I, I like them They're uh, Again, you can get them at AudioEngineUSA.com. They're one hundred ninety nine bucks a piece. Uh, you'd get a free what they call 30 day audition in that you got to pay for them up front. But you've got 30 days to return them and they refund everything, including, you know, shipping and uh, because it's free shipping. Uh, and, and so all of that, they, they just want you to get these things into your house to check them out because you'll love them. Uh, but it gets better. So it's one hundred ninety nine for everybody else. But for you, because you're a Mac Geekab listener, you can use the code M G G T E N. That's M G G 10 for 10 percent off. So you get nineteen ninety, you know, almost 20 bucks off the price. So you get them for about 180 bucks, uh, leaving a little less than that. And you, you know, so there you go. That's the, uh, that's the, that's the trick. Audio engine, USA.com. M G G 10 is your code. All right. Uh, let's jump to, uh, to Bruce because there's just so much stuff about lion here, John. We're going to, we're going to, I don't know that we're going to get off a of lion for this show. I, and then, yeah, what I'd like to talk about is, is at some point problems. Okay. I had a few, I think you had a few hiccups and, and I, I think we both have some guidances to, to make this as smooth as possible. Cause I, I assume one or two of you haven't yet dove in and are waiting for us to help. That's right. <laughs> to run into the, and, and some listeners to, to go through the grief first. Okay. So we'll go through a couple of these from Bruce and then we've got some cool tips that we'll save for the end too. And we'll, we'll go through some of the stuff in the middle, but, uh, since I already brought up Bruce and since we were just talking about the library folder, there is a way of getting the library folder to not be hidden. And it's actually really easy. You just go to your terminal. It's okay. You'll be all right. The terminal's cool. It's not going to be, it's not going to hurt you. Go to the terminal and issue one command. And it is, and, and we'll, we'll put a, a link to an article with this, but, but the flag's not too bad. It uses a command called CH flags. So C H F L A G S 
space no hidden space slash users slash your username slash library. What you're doing is you're saying issue this change flags command, apply the no hidden flag to the library folder and boom, it appears in the finder immediately. It, it's like uh, total magic. So that's good stuff from Bruce. Um, we talked about how to redownload Lion. Uh, we might as well do the other tip from Bruce since it's all part of the installation thing and I have it up here. I think it's the same Bruce. Uh, nope, two different Bruces, but that's okay because all Bruces are equal and that you're all important to us. Uh, this is, he found, John, he beat you to the punch, maybe. He found the About Windows Migration Assistant support article uh, over at Apple's support website. And yeah, I found uh, that. You did. Of course you found it. And, uh, <laughs> and it'll, it'll migrate stuff from like outlook and outlook express, uh, into mail. It'll, it'll do the same for, um, calendar data and contact data. Uh, it brings your home directory, your folders and all your music pictures and all that stuff on over. It brings your iTunes library over from windows, browser bookmarks, localization settings, desktop pictures, it brings a ridiculous amount of stuff over uh, from windows into your Mac and, and migrates you right up into lion. So I, I thought that was really cool. I mean, it, it feels like this is the kind of thing they should have done a long time ago, but, uh, but at least we have it now, right, John? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what was your mm-hmm. problem? You said you had a problem. I got lots of problems, man. Tell right. us about one of them. <laughs> lion related. So, as we discussed, the, the, the first step that you should take is check your apps. Make sure you don't have any PowerPC apps. And reportedly, one of the programs that you and I have been kicking around, and I haven't used a lot yet, but, but I've been in touch with the author, uh, but I believe App Delete. Okay. And this was something I wasn't able to find. So other than the system profiler, I wasn't able to find a utility that would explicitly identify PowerPC applications on your computer. Huh. But he reportedly, I, I don't see it mentioned explicitly on his web page, but I thought I heard that it does it. It's okay. still a nice utility. But uh, so that's the one thing. Now, when I once I installed and I thought I had whacked all of those, something activated in that uh, it ran this little guy. Uh, I think it was called incompatible software detector or something. Right. But I actually had a window come up after I installed and rebooted saying, oh, I found a piece of software that's not compatible. And I put it in this folder called incompatible software for you. Okay. And there was only one program it found that did that. So I think they, they have a list uh, and it was default folder 10 because I didn't have the latest version. Right. So, so, it, so one, uh, that's one thing that wasn't, that, that was handled well in that it said, you know, and, and it, it found a dot O some, some extension file uh, or prep paint or something, but it, but it said, uh, I see this file. I know it's not going to work. I'm going to put it in this other folder for you. And just thought I'd let you know, so you can download a newer version. Along those lines, one of the best things to do either before or right after you install lion is just go through and make sure all of your apps are up to date. Now that, you know, I say this all the time, John, you and I both say it all the time, but that's not, you know, all of your apps are up to date. That's a pretty big undertaking for it's, a lot of us. You know, you, you got to research each one of these unless you use something that does ooh. some of the research for you. 
And uh, and it hit me this morning as I was sitting down at the iMac in the house, which has been running Lion for a while, frankly. Uh, I have Bodega and we've talked about this on the show before. And so I launched Bodega and what it it's a little it's like an alternative app store for the Mac. Right. But one of the things it does is it tells you uh, if any of the apps it finds on your computer have updates. Now, presumably it's checking that against a database or something, so it might not catch everything. But I probably had, you know, a dozen apps on each of my Macs that needed to be updated. Now, these are things I don't necessarily run all the time and this, that and the other thing. But the last thing I want is to go and try and run it and realize, oh, it doesn't work in Lion. And now you can't use the in-app updater because it doesn't work in Lion. So you've got this, you know, kind of hokey pokey that you got to do. So I just ran Bodega. It'll let you not only know about, but of course, download and install in most cases uh, the updates for those apps. So. And it's free. So I definitely recommend doing that. That that might have even saved you, right, John? Because because, uh, you know, you, you would have um, would have taken care of yeah. the fault folder, bef- you know, before you knew you had to. Yeah. Now, the other one I've been using as of late, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with it, though. I don't, don't always pay attention to it because it, it just overloads me. Right. Is a CNET tech, tech tracker. Yeah, that's that old version tracker app. Um, and yeah, I, and it's a prep pane and yeah. it runs, you know, I have it set to run weekly and it'll come up once a week and say, okay, here are all the apps that I know about. Here are the ones that are up to date. Here are the ones that I think need updating. And, and I think you can actually download from their site and then you get follow up email. So it's, it's kind of, it's a little, it's it nice. like an overload. It sounds like uh, it, it, it could be, yeah. it could be. Yeah. So, so that's another way. Um, so that was one problem, but, but that one was, was easy to solve. Then the other problem I had, and you know, this, I don't, I don't think is exclusive to lion, but it's always a problem when you update the Mac OS 10 and that's mail app. So I had two things that, well, two things went wrong. So two things that went wrong. So one thing that went wrong is all of a sudden I didn't see any mail. I knew I had mail. I sent myself mail. Right. This is normal folks. (laughs) And I didn't get any mail. I'm like, well, what, what, what's, Okay, well, here's the problem. Because I use two add-ons. Uh, and oh. and the, the, the culprit here was spam sieve. Yeah. And what happened is somehow the upgrade to the newer version of Mail makes it so that I, I think its rules get confused. And so it starts... No, it, it it's, doesn't, it's that you it's that it disables the plugin for spam sieve or disable the plugin. And I think yeah. what happens is your mail... I don't know if... I think it all gets put in the spam folder. That's what happened. Well, yeah, you've got a um, you put a rule out there when you the way SpamSiv interacts right. with mail is you have a, a rule that essentially says put everything in spam. But that rule is ignored when the SpamSiv plugin is running. And, right. and that's how it knows where you want spam to be put because you've got to designate a folder. So that's how you do that. But unfortunately, when the plugin gets disabled for whatever reason, suddenly everything right. just goes to spam. Yeah, because I knew I was getting mail and it, it would it would come up and it would say, oh, yeah, you got more mail. And I look at my inbox and there's no mail. So right. that I, I think I had to, to either reinstall it or re-enable the, uh, the rule mm-hmm. that everything was cool. The other one, the and this was minor, I think re-enable. I hit uh, the plug in. Yes. Yeah. Then the other one I had to re-enable was a signature profiler. Yeah, thank that goodness. That still works. But, yep. um, but yeah, I, I think that I had to rerun the installer. And well, you needed an update for signature profile or an update. Yeah. Yeah. And it came yeah. with an update. So yeah, install this update. And then, and then that, that, uh, that all worked again too. So, so mail app was a little problematic. Um, of course, the other problem I had in mail app is, uh, you know, like the, uh, the scroll direction. I wasn't thrilled with the new layout. Are you, so now, did having, you stick with it? Cause, because there's an option, no, no. as I'm sure you're aware, to turn mail I'll, into I'll, what, what they call well, the classic layout. Um, yeah, that's in preferences layout. Use classic layout. Right. Uh, <laughs> I had it on my list. I, I gave it, a, it, it to me. It just wasn't an efficient 
use for the screen real estate in that it had a column of mail. And then to the right of it was the mail itself. And I much prefer having a list of mail on top and the mail content on the bottom. Now that doesn't eliminate all the benefits of the new mail app. You know, you can still see threads and, and, and other things, but I, I prefer the classic layout. So yeah, I was able to find that pretty quickly and I'm much happier. Yeah. It, you know, I, it, at first I went to the classic layout. I'm like, well, I spend much too much time in mail to dicker around with somebody's idea of a better interface, you know, but since then I've actually gone back and for the most part I'm using the, uh, the new layout. It helped that I had two machines I was running mail on. So my main machine, you know, during the day that I had in the classic layout and then the one over at the house, I just left in the other layout and I got so used to it. And I, I really got to like it that, uh, I, I like that it, um, what it allows me to do is you can hide the list of mailboxes. So you only see what you're focused on at that one point in time and navigating to the other mailboxes, uh, was made a whole lot easier by the, the Safari style bookmarks bar that now exists at the top of mail in this new view. And so I have, you know, four or five different boxes that are, you know, fed by filters or whatever the Mac geek Gab box, the Mac geek Gab premium box. We've got a fax box, you know, a couple of things, but I move all those, uh, into the, favorites bar of mail. And now it works really, really well because I get to see uh, just those up there. I don't have my other mailboxes getting in the way. I'm not wasting a whole column of screen real estate uh, just for the, um, you know, just for that. I can, I can see that when I want it and I can make it go away. So I've actually gotten to like it, but it, it took me some time too. It, it was not my friend when I first saw it as I'm sure yeah. it's true for most. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I, I was incorrect. No, it's a, I'm sorry. It's in the viewing uh, preferences. Use classic layout checkbox. Right. So. Um, but other than that, no, I like, uh, you know, it's still, uh, again, offers some enhancements, you know, showing you uh, discussion threads is, is, is kind of nice. That's so, been really um, handy for our Mac Geek Cab mailbox, John, because if it you always re- has been, but it was fragmented before. Now it's not right. So now if you reply to a message, as long as you see, see our, our mailbox, which is feedback at MacGeekab.com. Then it, uh, then it, you know, it sorts it all together. And I know that you've replied with that before I, you know, before I get there, cause we both get the same messages. Yeah. I, I always CC feedback at MacGeekGap.com. That's right. Unless and actually if you I'm folks, writing, mm-hmm. well, unless if, if they want to send in a comment that can be to feedback at MacGeekGap.com. Well, I was just going to say, unless it, it's for the premium show, which case it's premium at MacGeekGap.com, but then we do see, see that. Right. And we do appreciate all of our premium subscribers. You get uh, an extra two episodes a month, 25 bucks uh, for six months of that, plus access to the archives, plus, uh, of course, this extra email address and, uh, and our eternal gratitude uh, from John and I, because it, we really appreciate it. Uh, other ways to contact us include calling us on the phone at 206-666-GEEK, which John is... Four, three, three, five. You bet your butt it is. You can uh, Skype us to Mac Geek Gab and uh, and visit us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mac Geek Gab. Go in there and click the old like button or but, uh, switch or whatever they whatever it is these days that the kids are calling it. But uh, but do that. And then you can also play the show from there. You'll see when show notes are posted, all that good stuff. Yep. And as I mentioned, the, the Twitter verse was all a Twitter about lion tips. And uh, a lot of these were contributed by 
folks that I follow and people that follow me. And uh, of course, if you want to follow me, that's John F. Braun. If you want to follow him, that's Dave Hamilton. Uh, if you want to follow Pilot Pete, who is piloting somewhere, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's Pilot Pete. The podcast is Mac Geek Gab and Mac Observer is Mac Observer. All right. Uh, I think that, that's all the ways you can get in touch with us unless you, you want to stop by our place for <laughs> cookout or something. Maybe I'll do one of those. I'll have a Mac Geek Gab cookout be great. at my place. I got, you know, I'm going to be working on the deck next, actually. I, I already have the Weber. It's, uh, you know, I use it almost every day. I'll always uh, grilling something. Not barbecuing. Got to be careful about using that word, especially if there are any Texans out there. Yeah. Right? yeah bar- well, even Chicago, right? I mean, barbecue, you know, barbecue is, has nothing to do with cooking outside on the grill. That's grilling. Correct. Unless you so, live I in don't... the Northeast when the ter- where the term is, is so commonly misapplied that it is basically a definition. Yeah. No, I hear people misuse it, but what they're saying is, you know, a event where we're going to put meat on a grill and they call it a barbecue. Right. That's so, right. Yeah. All right. Anyways, enough about that. So what else do we, uh, all right. So mail, I think we're done with mail, mail, mail. I'm happy with. Yeah. Um, Let's, um, there's I, one thing I'm not happy about, Dave, Go a ahead. little What's warning that? here. Well, just something I found, uh, when I was looking at, uh, you know, a lot of the articles out there, you know, the, uh, the, the Mac, uh, journalist community and, and uh, tip community. Yep. A lot of people were writing very helpful articles and I saw one, I think it was our pal, um, uh, Chris Breen did something and it was, it was talking about, Hey, you know, if you want to use airdrop, here's this really new feature. And uh, for those that, that don't uh, remember or, or are not up with this airdrop is Apple's Wi-Fi based file exchange system in lion. I think that's probably the most accurate way to describe it. What, so and what not, do you what do you mean by that? Because it, 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 I don't have this on my computer. I don't think. It, are you saying that if I have two computers on a Wi Fi network, I can just beam a file by dragging it from one computer to the other? What? And here's the problem. Yes, in theory. So if you have two machines that are both on a Wi Fi network, or I, I, I'm not sure if a Wi Fi network infrastructure network is necessary. Well, okay. well, here's the problem. The problem is when I looked at this one article by our friend Chris, I didn't see the selection. I think there's a in the go menu in the finder, you're supposed to see an airdrop selection and I didn't see it. No, I don't have that either. And I'm like, why am I not seeing this? Well, you know what? Let me, uh, you know, and I asked some of my friends and and then I I went to the uh, lion page and they have a specification page and they have a specification for machines that handle airdrop. And guess what? The earliest MacBook Pro that supports it is the late 2008. And of course, which one do we have, Dave? Early 2008. <laughs> which was the last non-unibody MacBook Pro, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's right. I believe that's and, right. And from what I understand, the technical limitation, so it's not that they're dissing us because they don't like us, that we haven't bought a computer or a MacBook Pro in a few years, is my understanding is that the Wi-Fi hardware has to support both an ad hoc and an infrastructure connection in order for this to work simultaneously. Yes. And as far as I can tell, our Wi-Fi hardware does not do that. Hence, we do not have this ability. So I think now, the only way to get it is if uh, go ahead. Here's something interesting. It simultaneously is the, the word that you're looking for. So yeah. what happens if I, I mean, it, I can't turn Wi-Fi off, but what if I were to disconnect from my local Wi-Fi network? Uh, 
You get what I'm saying all here, I know John? Is, yeah, all I know is Apple says it, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Okay, so I can't. I don't think it's just, I, I don't think it's a matter of just tweaking a profile or something. I think right. it's a matter of, uh, now one thing I hope is a matter of tweaking a profile. Just, just the one thing that doesn't thrill me, and I haven't found a way to fix this yet, Dave. Yeah. Is the ordering of things in the Finder sidebar? So number one, a lot of people, uh, and I was on Mac Roundtable uh, uh, yesterday, and, and a lot of people are shaking their fist over this. I don't know about you, but I like color for the context of the things in the in the Finder sidebar. Hmm. I never used color before, but I can totally see where that would be helpful. And then number two, apparently, there's no way to reorder things. So now what happens is. Uh, whatever uh so so favorites are on top shared is in the middle and devices are on the bottom okay so everybody likes that i want to correct something here you can reorder things oh you can you just you can categories no you can't reorder the categories (laughs) but all the Mm. items within the categories you can reorder so if for example you don't want all my files at the top you can drag that to the bottom or get rid of it entirely uh either by dragging it out of the favorites list or uh, I believe if you go to Finder Preferences, uh, you should have in the sidebar section, you have a checkbox for all my files. So if you uncheck that, it goes away. And there are similar checkboxes for many other items out here, uh, not all of which are on by default, including like hard disks aren't always showing up there and uh, and you might want them to so. Checking that box will change. Well, you know, that. now that I'm goofing around with it, uh, Snow Leopard doesn't give you a way to change the order either. Snow, Snow Leopard just nope. has it another way: devices, That's shared right. places, and search for. So, uh, so I wonder if either or has a plist file that lets you. Uh, probably the uh, no. I I checked. Yeah, no? I checked. Okay. No, it. You know, and and to be honest, so it used to be like you said, John. Right in Snow Leopard, you have your devices first, then shared, then places. Now two things have happened. Number one, places has been renamed to favorites to better reflect how you can use this uh, and perhaps to invite users to customize it. And then favorites has been moved to the top, but here's the thing. You can take things from anywhere. They don't just have to be your local computer. You can take folders or drives from, Mm. you know, your shared computers or whatever and put them all up in favorites. And then you can twist closed the other stuff. So if you've got something that's bugging you, just put it, in uh, in your favorites, you know, if you want, I, let's try this with the with the disc. So I'm grabbing the device. Mm-hmm. I, I grab my hard disk and I move that from devices up to favorites. So if you want your hard disk at the top, simply put it there and then it will stay there. Huh. Nice. Yeah, it's good stuff. I think putting favorites at the top is absolutely brilliant. Now, what what's interesting is when I drag my hard disk from devices to favorites, it moved from devices to favorites. But then if I went back in, so it was no longer in devices, but then I went to finder preferences sidebar, the same place we just were. And I noticed that hard disks was not checked. It was not empty. It had a dash through it. That tells me that it is partially checked. So I fully checked the box by simply clicking on it. And now my hard disk appears in both places, both down in devices and up uh, in favorites. So that, that's the way you you deal with this. I don't. Yeah, I don't get why people are all in a tizzy about favorites being at the top. I think they just. I think they saw change and freaked out. Yeah, that's me. No, yeah. no, no. I didn't <laughs> freak out, but no, but no. The color. No, the, the the thing is for for a lot of people, color provides very important context. Absolutely. Like for example, now I mean, when you see an external, you'll know that a drive is an external drive because it shows up as a little orange thing, and if it's a blue one or in the devices area, then you right. know that's a cloud drive or an iDisc. Now. 
you kind of lose that. And I, yeah, I there's think different that's bad icons. Change. There's different icons, just not different colors. Mm-hmm. To be fair, just to be fair, but but yeah, you're right. Colors can help you know pull the eye very quickly. Um, well, let's see, let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, I'm, I'm looking at uh, we had oh so. Internet restore is one of the options in Lions recovery mode, which is pretty cool. Now you can restore the internet. Awesome. Yes. Thank goodness. They finally put this in the wow. hands of, of, of man. That's right. <laughs> uh, I think I know what you're saying. That's, yeah. Uh, wow. So rather than a restore partition, right. You're saying that you can, you can restore the OS from the internet's. Well, it's saying at, on Thunderbolt equipped MacBook Airs or Mac Minis, uh, you can go to uh, Apple's servers. Uh, it'll pull Apple's. Uh, it'll pull your repair and maintenance uh, tools down from the web, from direct from Apple, which is pretty cool. So if you you know if you want to want to do disk repair or any of that stuff, it's not going to store it. Um, it's going to go yeah. just grab that off the web. Which is pretty cool. And there's a, uh, there's a, let's see. It's Apple's recovery webpage, right? Mac OS 10 slash Apple.com slash Mac OS 10 slash recovery. And uh, it says internet recovery help us everywhere. If your Mac problem is a little less common, your hard drive has failed or you've installed a hard drive without OS 10, for example, internet recovery takes over automatically. It downloads and starts Lion recovery directly from Apple servers over a broadband internet connection. And your Mac has access to the same Lion recovery features online. Internet recovery is built into every newly released Mac, starting with the new Mac mini and MacBook air that came out last week. And that's pretty cool. I like it because, yeah, they've always supported uh, NetBoot and things, some network based uh, options. But, yeah, this is something, uh, something new for Apple, at least. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, You know, speaking of all my files, there was uh, an article uh, I mentioned. Ted Landau wrote this article and he pointed out some of his favorite things. Uh, and some of his hated things. And one of the things he complained about was the fact that every time he opened a new window in the finder, it went to this new all my files look, which is an interesting look, but maybe not what, uh, what you want. Again, back to the finder preferences. If you go to general, you can change that behavior by choosing what opens in new finder windows. And if it's set to all my files, you might want to set it to your documents folder or really you know, if you use your Dropbox for a lot of different things, you can put it there, um, you know, wherever you want. You have the option of, of doing that. All My Files is interesting, though. I mean, it sorts things by their uh, kind or usage case. I, I can see this becoming more powerful over over time. I'm not sure I'm convinced about its benefit yet, though, John. Do you use the All My Files look? No. Okay. I didn't figure. Not yet. Still yeah. using the well, I'm using Total Finder. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. That, of course, right. has been updated to work with Lion. So, right, I forgot you were a Total Finder guy. That's good. Uh, have you played around with full screen apps yet, John? Have you had any thoughts about that? Um, 
Not, uh, the only one that I've done some work in, and uh, so I think it'll come naturally if I activate another apps. But uh, I have, uh, when I'm doing Aperture, which I think for an app like that, where you want to get as much screen real estate as possible to, to edit a photo or manipulate a photo, that makes sense. So I've uh, so I, I haven't tried it with with other apps yet. So so the answer is not really okay. Yeah, it's I, I messed around with it a little bit. I, I can see it being really valuable. I, either in cases where you say, John, like you say, John, where even with a big screen, you might want the entire screen dedicated to one job. But uh, but unless you're on a you know small, maybe 11, maybe 13 inch screen, uh, you may probably maybe even a 15 inch on a laptop. Uh, you you probably don't want, you know, your full 27 iMac, uh, 27 inch iMac screen being taken over by pages. Right. That, or mail. It's sort of obsessive, but on a laptop screen, it actually can make some sense going full screen and getting rid of the menu bar on the dock and just kind of having one app in mm-hmm. that, in that experiential <sighs> mode. So ah, now here's a fish shake. All right, go. You ready? So another thing I didn't like because it changed, it surprised me. Yeah. And it, it, it was not a pleasant surprise. So if you'll recall on, uh, under snow leopard in Safari, if you had gestures enabled on the trackpad and you did a three finger swipe, it yeah. would bring you back and forth to different web pages, which I find very convenient, right. and it's burned into my brain. Oh, so, of course, okay. what happens when I fire up Lion and try to do the same thing in Safari? You go to a different space. Right. It brought me to my uh, uh, widget space or something, and yeah. I'm like, why? I'm like, how did I get here? What, 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 what's wrong? And the good news is, you can, like other things, you can revert back. So in this case, at least with the trackpad, go to trackpad, system preferences, trackpad, more gestures, and change the swipe between pages back to swipe left or right with three fingers. I think what they did is they changed it to two fingers. But to me, that's an unpleasant surprise. And then I disabled for the time being swipe between full screen apps because I got to figure exactly how I want to do that. Sure. But uh, yeah, to me, that was a uh, that and the scrolling were two unpleasant surprises uh, that that I, I don't know if uh, it I don't know if it's worth trying to wrap my brain around doing it differently. I'll, I'll, I'll try it maybe at some point. But for now, I I need the, the crutch of being able to do it how I used to do it in Snow Leopard. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at so- first it was cool. It was like, oh, look, I'm somewhere. I'm somewhere new and exciting. Oh, <laughs> and I got back, you know, the same way I did the three finger swipe the other way. And I'm like, Oh, I'm back in Safari. Okay. Sure. Now how do I, how do I enable going back and forth? And uh, so, so did, did, did you have any, uh, you know, moments like that where something just, just, you know, totally rocked your world as far you know, like, uh, huh? No. Or I- why? Or, or you were, well, I mean, you were prepared as, as was I, I didn't, work with the uh i mean we saw the presentations and all that stuff but uh so maybe i wasn't as well prepared because i don't think i was really doing that much with the uh, developer previews as you were yeah i'm i'm i don't think there really was anything i mean i you know i mentioned mail and at first i did not like it john's got the squeaky chair everyone whoops enjoy john's squeaky chair no 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 that's uh that's one of the little it's one of the little tidbits that people come to know and love john um (laughs) I've tr- I, I need advice from people because I don't know what's going on here. I mean, I got the WD-40 and, uh, you know, I've tightened all the screws in this chair. I mean, it's your, uh, you know, it's not an Aeron chair. It's a, it's I, think a, that, I think that's going to be the advice, John, is you just need to go ahead get a real and, chair and get a real chair. I mean, it's yeah. one of these, you know, it's a leather, you know, high back office chair that you get in your basic yeah. 
you know, office supply place for a couple hundred bucks. And I mean, it's comfy and it, it goes up and down and, uh, you know, but it's a, yeah. I mean, I remember when I was doing the corporate thing. Yes. Oh, the air on chairs are wonderful. I mean, there was like, you know, I mean, there was a manual on, on all the controls. It was so complicated. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not that complex, but they're pretty darn comfortable. So um, maybe I'll, maybe I'll find a, uh, yeah, a place that's clearing those out and pick one of those up. Yeah. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can often find them that way and they last forever. So, uh, one thing that was interesting, Melissa Holt published an article at TMO this morning and found something that, uh, that I had not seen. If you go into your, if you go into users and groups and into your account, you have the option of setting an Apple ID and you can associate your Apple ID with your login account on your Mac. What's very interesting then is you then get the ability to check a box that says, allow user to reset password using Apple ID. What this means is if you forget your user password, when you try to log in, if you fail three or four times and there's some contention over how many it is, but if you fail enough times, it'll offer, if you've checked this box previously, it'll offer to let you reset your Apple, your password by logging into your Apple ID, which is actually pretty darn cool. It means you don't have to go and uh, do the reset password thing with the, the installer and, and all that stuff. And that's cool. One thing to bear in mind, though, is that this does not reset your keychain password. And if you don't remember your prior password, your keychain password will be changed and you won't have access to any of that stuff in your keychain. So just always bear that in mind that your login password is tied to your keychain password unless that tie is broken by changing one of those two passwords manually. But uh, but it's still pretty cool that you can reset it with your Apple ID in Lion. I like that. It's good stuff. Huh. I'm going to try that because as we discussed, the, the, the Apple ID is also, if you go to my support profile, yeah, uh, you can see everything about your, uh, assuming that you've registered your products. Uh, yep. huh. So they're, they're really tying everything into, into that. Yeah. Uh, some other cool things. If you go into energy saver in system preferences, there is now a checkbox that says restart automatically. If the computer freezes, so this would be great for those machines that you simply want to leave online and know that they're going to stay online servers of, of any type, be it a, you know, a little machine that you connect to at home or, uh, or an office machine or whatever. So, uh, and you, and they are separate settings for whether the computer's on battery or power adapter, but if it freezes, uh, and it's unattended, it will restart after a period of time. And I don't know how long this period of time is because I haven't caught it in the act yet, John, but, uh, but that that one was pretty cool. I I kind of like that. I think that's that's pretty awesome. Oh, another kind of random one that yeah. someone mentioned to me here. So, you know, have we, we've uh, in the past, people have asked, you know, I want to get a special character to type. And uh, oh, yeah, know, English probably doesn't have this requirement as much as some European or some other languages, uh, you know, French and German and stuff like that. But. A lot of times it, it, it's a pain in the neck. I, I mean, I remember in the early days, they would have some pop char would be a little menu that would show you all the characters or you can yep. use font book or we've mentioned some others. Here is something where if you're OK with losing one functionality with the keyboard and getting another, if you hold down a key for a second or two. Yeah. We tried this, Dave. No. Uh, go in somewhat like like an E. So, so go into a text editor and, and hold down an E for a moment. All right. Oh, wow. 
Wow, that's awesome. You guys got to do this. So yeah, when when you when this happens, it pops up. It's not not unlike uh, an iOS style interface. And uh, so yeah, I have all these different ways of doing an E and there are numbers under them. So I can either choose them with my mouse or I can choose the number uh, corresponding with the E with the little umlaut over it and I'm good to go. I think that was an umlaut. I'm not sure what it was. But it was something cool. So to oh, me that's nice find. That's just something that when you see it happen, you're like, gosh, you know, that's the right way to do it. Yeah, totally. Unless you need auto repeat. I think that's the only thing. And I'm sure there's a way to undo this and oh, good enable call. auto repeat if you need auto repeat. Though I don't know how many people need auto repeat. I mean, how many exclamation points do you need to put at the end of something? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because if I go into keyboard, there is a key repeat option and it's set to fast. Uh, so I'm in system preferences keyboard and then delay until repeat is short. So how do it know it will not repeat? So what's going on? It's, it's as though this uh, key repeat thing doesn't work. So did they eliminate repeating characters by holding down a key? Cause I thought that's what it did, right? That's what it used to do. But how I mean, do you see this in your system preferences, too? Or do I have some wacky thing going on with my computer? If you go to yeah, keyboard see. system preferences. Right. Do you see have keyboard? Key, yeah, yeah. Do you have key repeat? Uh, let's see. Keyboard. Yeah. Key repeat and huh? delay until repeat. Yeah, it's still the sliders are still there. And I don't see a setting for this feature. I don't even know what it's called. So. Huh. All right. So I'll, I'll mention another thing and maybe this will change how this works. But if you go into system preferences, language and text, there is one thing that's been, I'll call it a blessing and a curse because that's what it is. It's, it will correct your spelling automatically as you type, just like iOS does. So, you know, if you get a word wrong, it, it corrects it. And that's really handy when you're typing, except of course, when it's not, and it drives you crazy. So again, system preferences, language and text. And if you go to the text tab, which is the second one over correct spelling automatically is a checkbox that you can uncheck. Now, what I'm wondering is if I uncheck that, does my key repeat work again? And the answer is, of course, no, but that would have been kind of cool if it did. Huh? Yeah. You know, one thing they could add, and you know, I'm almost positive, I think, that some Microsoft applications do this. Yes. I will say nice things about Microsoft every now and then. So I think I noticed this, yeah, as, a, as I was using one of my Twitter clients. A lot of times, I will shorten Time Machine to TM, especially on Twitter, because you only have 140 characters. And of course, in as you mentioned, Dave, the, uh, the, the symbol and text substitution, it will replace TM with a little TM, which stands for trademark. Of course, it the did. problem is yeah. if you back over it and do it again, it does it again. And if you back over it and do it, and I'm almost positive in Microsoft, one or more Microsoft apps I've used. If you go back enough times, it's like, you know what? I think the user doesn't like what I did. So I'm not going to try to correct it a third time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Here, you can go change it, it that. seems to be persistent. Yeah. And maybe there's a way to tweak it. But to me, you know, if, if you back over it one or two times saying, no, 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 I really want capital TM. It should be like, oh, all right. Yeah, you can go turn that off. But I think, it, yeah, I think you're right. It's either on all the time or not. Uh, I'm trying to figure out a trick for it. So what I did was I did, uh, oh, no, man, I, I, I typed T, capital TM at the end of a word so that it wasn't, 
prefaced by a space. Mm-hmm. And I went back and put the space in after the fact, thinking maybe it's not going to catch it. Mm-hmm. It's sure enough. Yep. As soon as I did that, it changed it into a TM. Dang it. <laughs> All right. So it's a good start, but it's kind of dumb right now. Yeah. I, I, I would have thought it would have been a little smarter. Yeah. Well, text expander is uh, the, the way to kind of deal with that. Just turn off the substitution in line. Yeah. And look where we are. Oh my goodness. Do I know any more, uh, um, more lion stuff here. I don't know that I have any other lion tips. Well, we have, um, we have a couple of questions to go through, but uh, yeah, I, I think I, I don't think we're going to do that today. We're just going to save all the questions for the next show. That's how it's going to be because, uh, because we're getting close to the end here. In fact, we're at the end. Do you have any? Do you do you have anything else, John? Lion wise to share? I think I, I think I got it all out of my system. All right. I'm, uh, overall, I'm I'm happy. There's uh, yeah, every everything's running. Uh, I like I like all the little uh, I, the changes I don't like. I was able to disable and, yep. uh, the the new changes in the apps and the behavior. I I think I'm okay with. Cool. So. One thing to check out if you haven't yet is go into uh, the Apple menu, choose about this Mac. And then uh, click more info that used to launch the system profiler. And uh, now it launches, well, it does launch the system profiler, but it also changes into this about this Mac window. And, uh, and you can see just a kind of a different overview that shows you serial number and what graphics chip, what processor and memory you've got. Uh, It'll show you about your displays, any storage you have, including how it's used. Similar to iOS, it says, you know, movies are taking up this much, apps are taking up that much. Um, so that's very interesting. And you can also see how much RAM you have installed in a very graphical, graphical way. So I don't know if you played with that, John, but that was, you know, just a cool yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It still lets you view it in the classic way. But, right. Um, yeah. I noticed that I immediately noticed I'm like, oh, that's very iOS like or yeah. iTunes like. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, iTunes. About- iTunes is now a, a, a big boy, right? 64-bit. It's now a Cocoa app, right? I know. I know. Good Did you upgrade? Them. to? I, I haven't upgraded anything on my uh, on, on this machine that I'm on here. But uh, Yeah, so and no. I think Safari, not just on Lion, because I think they, they offered an update for Snow Leopard as well, but now Safari, the latest version of that is out, and I think it... Uh, and this caused a few uh, hiccups in my console, but... Um, because they have a new security model. Um. Yes, they do. Where each uh, web page launch launches in its own little uh, deal. You know, we mentioned uh, on the last show we are going to share one other tip from a user. So I'm going to I'm going to tell the band to pipe down for a second because Jerry <laughs> wrote in uh, or called in, and uh, in response to some of the issues I was having, and, and many of us apparently were having with. One password and the changes that needed to happen to one password to make it work with Safari five one, which again is either Lion uh, everywhere in Lion, and, and then if you choose to upgrade in Snow Leopard, and uh, Jerry has uh, a solution to some of those logins that just weren't working. Oh, you know, I I told the band to pipe down, but that also piped down you Jerry. Piped so him down. I did. I piped down Jerry. So we're gonna try that again. Hi, John and Dave. This is Jerry in Lincoln, California. I was just listening to your uh, latest podcast, the one right before you go on vacation, and uh, there was a comment about 1Password not working with some sites. And I've run into this. Uh, first site I ran into was CNET, and so I sent a note to support and got a reply. 
and I've tried their suggestion on several other sites, and it seems to work fine. Um, for sites where it doesn't seem to work, try going into one password itself and editing the login to say auto submit no just on that particular site save it and go back to the site and when you invoke one password it'll fill in your username and password and so forth but it won't automatically send it you then have to manually send it um, but it seems to work fine so give that a try. I haven't. I have yet to run into another site that, that at least that fix didn't work. Thanks for a great show. And here's where you cut me off. Thanks, Jerry. That's fantastic. And it does work. And you could turn it off uh, app wide by going into One Password Preferences and going to uh, Logins, and then uncheck the box that says Submit Automatically after filling a login. But uh, but like Jerry said, you can do it on individual ones. Also, make sure you keep 1Password and the extension up to date because uh, I believe that bug uh, was fixed in an update that came out this morning, but I haven't really had a chance to test it yet. So definitely worth keeping an eye on, though. Mm-hmm. You're not a 1Password user yet, John, are you? Still not? Nope. All right. Uh we talked, you, man, about, we talked about I, how to I, I just made us. this big change, Dave. I know. I'm thinking about getting... I, I, I'm uh, not going to make any other changes in my life for, for at least a month or so now because <laughs> I just upgraded to Lion. I I'm thinking about getting the, the a new iMac. I think I'm going to do the 27-inch uh, iMac for my desk to replace the MacBook Pro that I use as my main machine. Mm. And I might also buy a MacBook Air just so I have a good you know machine to travel with. Because an, an iPad... An iPad is good for most things when I travel, but if I have to do like podcasts and stuff, I need a, a Mac. Yep. You know. Yeah, yeah. I was just inside an iMac the other day. Uh, yeah. I, I mentioned you, our friend Duffy came over, and I uh, and we replaced a hard drive in uh, uh, his wife's twenty-inch uh, iMac. So, did you have to use the suction cups to pull the, the glass off? Yes, we did. How did that go? What was that process? So for those of you that don't know, the, all the, the new iMacs, the aluminum ones, so even if they're several years old, uh, that have the, you know, they're the aluminum iMacs. Uh, uh, the, gla- <laughs> the glass is not screwed in or glued in. It's held in by magnets, and you get it off by putting suction cups on top of the glass and, and kind of yanking it off of the, the display casing. And so you did this. I've never done this. I've been too chicken. Well, I let, I let, well, uh, I let Duffy do that. Of course, because it's his Mac. That's step. Yes, well, and uh, So what we did is we printed out the, uh, the, the, the we tag teamed, you know, because I had all the tools. I had all the right bits and stuff because you need several different Torx bits. But, but you, you bought we got the, the iFixit. Uh, okay. We got the iFixit um, instructions. Yeah, he purchased from them their yep. uh, suction cup kit and all the other tools, spudgers and, you yeah. know, like three or four different screwdrivers. I had all of those. Yeah. Uh, I think it was actually an iFixit toolkit. Yeah, um, I'm sure that, yeah. that I got at MacWorld in a newer toolkit. So between that, I had all all the the screws. But um, no, it just popped right out. Really? No, so, really brilliant design. I mean, okay. you just give it a little force, but they're you know some of these really strong magnets. And uh, yeah, I mean the the thing's not going to come out unless you uh, give it a, a good tug. But did you at any point? And I realize you didn't do it, so you didn't feel it. But but was there ever any concern of? holy crap, I'm going to break this screen pulling it out. Or did it look pretty, like it came no. up before you got to that point? 
No, yeah. no, not, not at all. You just, just, yeah, I think he just increased the force gradually until it just kind of popped right out. So was one of you holding the iMac down while the other one, while he, you know, I think I was holding it down. it down and I think he was pulling up. And, okay. Uh, and you, you gotta be careful. Sharp edges. There are yeah. also sharp edges on the, uh, you know, on the case itself. Right. Um, and I think uh, one person I know out there, Lakeshore Mac, I think, uh, who I'm on Twitter with, and she does a lot of repairs. I think she uh, she cut herself one time. I believe it. That, uh, that metal is kind of sharp. So, so be careful uh, when you take the thing apart. Watch for sharp. Watch for uh, those edges there. They can be sharp. But once we got in there, and it was, uh, the, the steps were very good. You know, take these screws out, take these screws out. And it was a uh, one of the larger format hard drives. I think the worst part is... You know, make sure you put that temperature sensor back on. Oh, and of course, there's been a bit of uh, controversy now because I think the new. So this one is actually placed on the case of the drive itself. And right. You gotta, and, you know, there's sticky stuff and it's a plug onto the motherboard, which measures the temperature of the drive. And I think that the controversy has been on some of the latest iMacs. This is integrated and is kind of a custom thing in the drive itself. So okay. a drive replacement is really not possible, as far as I know, on the latest iMacs because of this, because if the temperature sensor's uh, not there, then the way the Mac deals with it, with it is it runs the fans at full speed, which is rather unpleasant. Got it. Got it. So, but no, it went well. So, uh, yeah, the old the old drive crapped out, and uh, we put, I think, a two terabyte. So this machine, this is also the machine where, you know, I had some extra RAM chips around. So uh, th- this machine should last a couple more years. Well, that's good. Cool. Um. All right, that's it. We're out of here, right? We're we're done. We've we've told everybody how to contact us. We're going to tell you about uh, Michael Johnston because, of course, he's the one that converts this show to AAC and adds the chapters. Uh, Cashfly.com provides all of the bandwidth, and then uh, in the podcast marketplace this month, we've got the A2 desktop speakers from Audio Engine, Yo Jimbo from Barebone Software. And BB Edit 10 just came out. We'll talk about that soon, too. Uh, text Expander and PDF Pen from Smile. Uh, notebook from Circus Ponies. And they just changed their name. They're not Data Robotics anymore. They are Drobo. All through Backbeat Media. Uh, anything else to mention, John, before we uh, before we head out? Are we good? No, we're, we're, we're good until... Until next time. All right. Until next time, which is Thursday. That was the other thing I wanted to mention. This will be recording uh, MacGeekCab Premium 344 on Thursday afternoon. So go sign up for Premium now. You'll get it as soon as we push it live. MacGeekCab.com. All the details are there. Until then, have a good time and 